You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, I personally have one game in the books. Houston Texans took it to the Cleveland Browns. Um, Texans look like they're going to be a formidable team for a while, although I kind of felt that way when they had uh, Deshaun Watson, too, and then it just didn't quite materialize. But anyways, obviously, congrats to them. I am about to start the Kansas City Chiefs game, so I can't really speak to that. Um, I tell you what, man, I, I I came into this with some kind of boring thoughts on um, how I wanted to handle today. As far as, like, you know, breaking down and blah, 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 blah. Bro, it's a freaking playoff game, dude. Like, we, we, we either got to get jacked up or just not bother. I remember it was several years ago I used to do a thing. I think it was called Positivity Sunday. So Monday through Saturday was analysis. You know, well, technically, I don't know. Yeah, kind of, maybe, could be. Uh, <laughs> Sunday was just F that, we win, you suck, we're going to blow you out of the freaking water. And I feel like we need a little bit of that juice today. By the way, speaking of getting juiced up, please, 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 if you're listening to this, go to... Oh, no, is the field frozen? They're not going to cancel this freaking game. (laughs) This is so cool. I I tell you what, I know I'm getting sidetracked here from the main point, but just sitting here watching this, watching these guys all bundled up and just seeing the smoke. I know it's not smoke, but the smoke come out of their face as with every breath they take. It just feels like playoff football, man. I'm so glad that the Chiefs are playing. That they're going to tough this thing out. I'm not going to make some statement about the Bills. I get it. The roads are snowy and they can't plow them or whatever, so it's fine. Got to be safe. A lot of snow, whatever. Man, it gets you jacked up for football. And you know what? We're in it, man. This is, this is you know, the regular season is, is everybody plays. Everybody plays. You never know what's going on. But at the end of the day, the tally comes in and it's only the best of the best. And now we got Chiefs, Dolphins. These are two of the top teams, no question about it. And tomorrow, the day that you'll be listening to this, the Green Bay Packers are also determined to be one of the top, one of the elite teams. And I'll tell you what, anybody that thinks that the Packers don't belong, I have no issue with saying I don't think they're going to win. Whatever, you can think whatever you want. If you don't think they belong, you don't know what you're talking about. You're dead freaking wrong. First of all, get a little bit of the boringness out of the way. As of this recording, as far as I know, there's only one doubtful player, and that's A.J. Dillon, which means he could potentially play. Probably not, but that's still progress. But then you have Christian Watson and Jair Alexander as questionable in this game. Now, that's not great news, and it's very possible that, I, I, honestly, if I had to guess, none of those three are going to play. But the fact that everybody else is healthy in a full go, I'm telling you, this has got to be the healthiest this team has been. It's the best this team has been playing. I really hope we get at least one of those guys back. My preference, if I had to choose, would be Jair Alexander, just because we got the juice on offense as it is. Not that I wouldn't want Christian. He does a great job, but it's been working. And I know everybody loves Valentine, Valentine and all that, but Jair is a better corner, and I would love to have that guy back and play him. If I had to choose, of course, I would love both. I'd love all three. 
But let's let's start this thing off right. I want to play this for you. This is one of my favorite clips that I've heard in a very, very long time. It got me so jacked up. But as as you probably are aware, the St. Brown brothers, Equinemius and uh, his brother Amon Ra, do a podcast together. And they had, um, well, it, I think it's DJ Moore, but it doesn't really matter. I don't think he talks. But the very first thing Equinemius, he, uh, or not Equinemius, Amon Ra, says is how do how do you lose to the Packers? Kind of kind of messing with them, kind of ribbing them a little bit. But just listen to how these guys describe the Packers and how well they've been playing. Wait, how the f- do you guys lose against the Packers? Please Wait, tell me that. On me though, I'm gonna understand why you didn't want to play the Packers. Yeah, I told you they're good. <laughs> Bro, they just they didn't put one time on me. Not one time. <laughs> they offense is different. Hey, their DB tight. Their DB tight. Crazy. Not really. They- not really. really. Those young uh, dudes be talking crazy, reckless. Who was talking reckless to you? We, Jerry was out. It was the 37, uh, Valentine, the other dude. It was like all backups. They were all talking. Oh, no, nah, they were really? talking for out there. Yeah. yeah. You think I'm mean, thinking Cowboys going to beat the Packers? or? Well, it's going to be a good game. Or I'm saying the Packers are dangerous. Mm-hmm. But you think offense is too efficient. So, I mean, there's so much crammed into that. I'm going to take that piece by piece, all right, just so we're clear exactly who said what. I'm not going to replay it. I will just go through it myself. Chiefs touchdown. So, again, he starts off, how did you lose to the Packers? That's Amon Ra talking to his brother, Equinemius, for the Bears who just lost to the Packers. He's messing with them. Amon Ra then, uh, (laughs) I cannot get him straight. Equinemius, the Bears wide receiver, then says, Dude, I understand why you didn't want to play him. So just be clear on that point. He wasn't talking about the last time we played. At least I don't think so. He's talking about the playoffs. So Equinemius, apparently Equinemius and Amon Ra were talking, and maybe they mentioned this on the podcast before. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But Amon Ra said, I don't want to play the Packers. And Equinemius in this podcast says, now I know why you didn't want to play them. And then Amon Ra says, I told you they were good. And then they start laughing and and. and Equinemius laughing just says, dude, they didn't punt one time. So, and and this was a a caller yesterday. I don't remember exactly who it was, but a caller yesterday was talking about like, I'm actually surprised that there isn't more negativity about their performance against the Bears. Everybody sort of seems to understand how good they were. Dude, they scored 17 points. And this is why points kind of can be deceiving sometimes. And you look at efficiency and all that kind of stuff. They were stunned at how good the offense was. They could not stop them. Stunned. Then DJ Moore, shaking his head, just chimes in and says, dude, their offense is different. Now, I don't know if you're up on the on the kids' lingo today, but it's essentially saying they're on another level. Like, they're doing something special. This isn't just like, oh, they're, they're pretty good, or I thought that they were bad. This is what I've been trying to tell everybody. This is maybe one of the, this is the, one of the best offenses in football, no question. You could argue it is the best. Again, Depending on what period you're looking at, you're looking at a top two, potentially number one quarterback in football, number one running back in football, three top 20 wide receivers right now. We have a top 10 tight end in Tucker Craft, and Musgrave is playing like he's a top 10 guy. The only reason he wasn't even on the list is because he didn't play enough to make the list, but he's playing like a top 10 tight end also. The offensive line's playing well. Matt LaFleur's calling plays out of his freaking mind right now. They're just sitting, they're all just sitting there shaking their head. DJ Moore, that offense is different then Amon Ra chimes in he's like did their DBs talk crazy because we know how Valentine and Valentine get right they're talking all kinds of trash it's funny though because he can't say they were talking trash and I took it to him because they lost the game so Valentine and Valentine are talking trash to one of the best wide receivers in football 
as they beat them in their own freaking house. So he's like, did, did they talk crazy to you? And both the Bears guys are like, no, not really. So apparently they weren't, you know, chirping quite as much in that game, whatever. But that, that, that kind of goes to the whole aggressive thing. They're going to beat you and they're going to talk trash in your face, in your freaking house as we do it. And these guys are just sitting there like, bro, they're so good. Their offense is freaking elite and they talk so much trash. So they kind of chat about that for a little bit. The Bears guys are like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So then Equinemius, Bears wide receiver, says, do you think the Cowboys are going to beat the Packers? Now, again, across the board, all the media analysts and everybody else who don't really know all this stuff, not sitting there like DJ Moore, Amon Ra, and Equinemius, who are sitting there on the sideline watching it. Granted, they're not studying the offense the same way, but they see what's going on. And Amon Ra, dead serious, his eyes get real big, and he says, oh, dude, that's going to be a good game. And he says, the Packers are dangerous. They, they don't want to say this. You know how badly they'd love to say, dude, they're trash? Especially Amon Ra. That dude talks so much trash. He talks about the Bears. Dude, he, he craps on the Bears so much. You guys suck. You can't do it. I mean, he started the whole thing. But, dude, dude, how do you lose to the Packers? I mean, even, even knowing that, you know, they're, they're a good football team, he just likes to talk trash. It's what he does, especially to his brother. They would love, it's, it's two Bears guys and a Lions guy. They would love nothing more than to talk crap about the Packers and they're just sitting there going, dude, I, I don't know what to say. They're so freaking good, especially gushing all over our offense. And again, Equinemius asked the question, do you think Dallas is going to beat the Packers? And dead serious, Amon Ross says, that's, that's going to be a good game. The Packers are dangerous. And then at the very end, the final comment, DJ Moore again chimes in with his one comment. He says their offense is too efficient. Which is, which is such an awesome description because it's like they just, they're ju- this is what I've been asking for for years is an offense just like this. I love the big plays. I love the sexy back foot nonsense. I love all that stuff. But what I've always wanted is sort of this Patriot style of team that just, they just keep coming. They just keep moving. You just can't stop them. It's just first down, first down, first down, first down. That's it. They just keep freaking coming. No matter what you do, they can throw something else at you. Because Matt LaFleur always has a plan as long as he has the guys to execute it. And so far, he's had the guy. He's got the quarterback that can make the throws. He's got the receivers that can run the routes and make the catches. He's got the tight ends, the, the guys that are big and strong, the guys that can now block, the guys that can run, that are fast. He's got every freaking thing you could ever want. In, in, in I mean, the playbook is wide open right now. Matt LaFleur is living in heaven. I don't think he's ever had this in his entire time here in Green Bay. He's had great quarterback play, and he's had Devontae, and he's had Aaron Jones, but it's like, yeah, then your speed element is MVS, and what, your, your other guy is Lazard, and it's like, yeah, I don't really know what to do. He's got guys right now that can just, do, even if they can just do the one thing, he's got, he, no matter what he wants to do, he's got somebody that can do it. And that's how they're playing right now. And you've got players, and th- this is the other thing, like players, they, they, they just see what's going on, especially the teams that have played the Green Bay Packers. You've got now Bears and, and Lions guys who are sitting back looking at the Packers going, dude, that's, that's, that is a dangerous football team right there. I mean, my, my only issue at this point is, I don't know how to reiterate this point for 45 minutes, but this is, this is the point I'm trying to drive home. And let me let me talk about Dak Prescott for a minute, because I all due respect to Dak. He's having a fantastic year. And I made the point yesterday that this is their 2020. It's not just about you better beat the Packers. You better win the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter for us. We're just starting to figure this thing out. 
you had better beat the crap out of the Packers and you better win a Super Bowl because Dak Prescott is never going to have a season like this ever again. But here's the thing, that that quote-unquote great season is basically already done. He didn't have a great season. He had a great period. It lasted from week four to week 12. He had one, two, three, four, five elite weeks. In an eight-week span, five of them he graded in the 90s. That's freaking unheard of. I don't know if Rodgers has ever done that. One of those games was in the 80s, and one of the 90s was a 97. He threw for 331 yards, had a, uh, let's see, what's his adjusted completion percentage? 77.4%, 10.3 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, no interceptions, had five big-time throws, zero turnover-worthy plays, 95.3 passing grade, 72 rushing grade, and a 97 overall PFF grade. Unfreaking believable Now, he did have one grade in the 40s, week five against San Francisco, but the other game was a 70. I mean, that, that stretch from week four to week 12 is amazing. Now, he hasn't been bad since then, but he's not that guy. That stretch is done. He's never been that guy in the past. He's probably never going to be that guy in the future. This isn't about 2023 Dak is different. 2023 Dak was different. Right now, he is Dak. His grades since week 13, 77, 73, 39, 65, 77, and 80. So he had three games in the 70s, which is great. I mean, it's good. One game in the 80s last week against Washington. It was 80.4, which is great. And then a 30 and a 60. Since week 13, which, oh, you're cherry picking. Okay, it's a six-week sample size. It is one-third of the season. I think it's a big enough sample size. Is Dak or Jordan Love a better quarterback? That's not even the question right now. It's not the question because Dak Prescott, actually, let me, uh, I'm being a little unfair to him because some of these guys are, are uh, didn't play enough. Dak Prescott, as a passer, ranks 12th. Jordan Love is number one. Dak Prescott's passing grade is a 75.8. Jordan Love is a 90.2 in the last six weeks. The idea that this is the titanic freaking Cowboys with this elite offense against the Packers who have a good offense, and I understand this is mostly about the defense. I understand that, but I, I want to make very clear. I firmly believe as of right now, what we've seen, let's just say, oh, I don't know, the last third at least, if not half of the season, is that the Packers have a better offense than the Cowboys do. They clearly have a better quarterback. If you look at overall grade, Lamar and Brock Purdy go ahead of him because Jordan Love's rushing grade is not great because of his freaking fumble. But after Jordan is Derek Carr, then Geno, then Jake Browning, then Matthew Stafford, then it's Jalen Hurts, then Josh Allen, then Justin Herbert, then Tua, then Jared Goff, then Dak Prescott, 13th. I, I, listen, I love the drama. If you look at like the half, the, the second half of the season, it's Jordan and it's Dak, like the two best quarterbacks in football. You can look at all kinds of stats that way. But the fact of the matter is, Jordan has been consistent the second half of the year, and there's every reason to believe that what we've seen is Jordan. That's not to say he can't have a bad day. He can have a bad day. He can have a terrible day. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying, if we're going to honestly assess the situation of where are they at now, where are the Packers at now, The Packer, Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Dak. He just is. In that time span. Again, remember, Jordan Love has accuracy issues. Okay, Since week 13, Dak Prescott has a 68.8 completion percentage. That's unbelievably high. Do you know what Jordan's is? Since week 13, it's freaking 71%. 
71%. He is playing so unbelievably well in that span, it's kind of stupid. And I'm cutting off week 12, which is one of his elite performances against Detroit. I'm not even including that. 71%? Are you kidding me? Adjusting completion percentage, 77.3. They both have 13 touchdowns. Jordan has one pick compared to Dak's 13. 1,560 yards compared to 1,584 for Dak. Dak's got him by 24 yards. Big time throws. Dak Prescott, 11. Jordan Love, 16. His big time throw rate is 7.5%. Do you know what Rodgers was in 2020? 7.6%. That's where he was at. Rodgers had a 94.7 freaking passing grade. We're talking one of the best quarterback performances that you'll ever see. And Jordan is straddling that line. He has a 111.6 passer rating compared to Dak Prescott's 103.2. How about deep balls? Big problem that I have with Jordan coming into this. Dak Prescott's pretty freaking good. 21 attempts, 7 completions, 265 yards, 2 touchdowns, no interceptions, 80 passing grade. Five big-time throws, which accounts for 19.2%. Jordan Love, 27 27 attempts, 12 completions, 44.4%, 372 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, 92 passing grade. His big-time throw percentage is 37.9%. Again, compared to Dak at 19.2. By the way, just looking at the attempts, Jordan Love takes a shot, and this is 20 yards or more, 13% of the time, Dak Prescott, 9.5%. How about under pressure? Another issue that I have with Jordan or concern. Let's see. um, Jordan Love is under pressure less. 28.9% of his dropbacks compared to Dak Prescott, 34%. Um, Jordan Love, I mean, as a result, less yards because he has less attempts. But still, four touchdowns each. Jordan has no picks. Dak has one. Jordan under pressure has a 77 PFF grade, under freaking pressure. Dak Prescott, 63.6. Do you know what Rodgers' uh, pressure grade was in 2020 when he was under pressure? 67.4. He wasn't even considered good under pressure, but he had a 98 PFF grade, like the, the greatest performance you'll ever see when he wasn't pressured, and he was almost never pressured. 76% of the time, he was not pressured. But I'm just comparing to show you, I mean, it's, it's like when you compare Jordan to Dak, he's better than Dak, but Dak is playing really well. And so I'm comparing him to one of the greatest quarterback performances I can find just to show you how freaking good he's been. And I tell you what, listen, I I know I don't need to explain this to you. I think the only thing I need to wake you up to is is the fact that we we know what good quarterback play looks like. The fact that we as Packer fans are sitting back watching Jordan play go, dang, that was that was a little spicy, Jordan. That's crazy. That was a great throw. Like the fact that we're not just like satisfied, which we are, but the fact that we're satisfied, leaning toward really, really impressed really speaks volumes considering our standard of what is great quarterback play. But I'm not done. There's a lot more to talk about. How about we talk about the wide receivers after we take this break? Because it's freaking out of control. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. 
In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, so let's take a look at the wide receivers. Look, I, I, I'll just I'll be very forthright. The receiving grades, if you if you start with that, CD Lamb is the highest graded. Oh shucks, right? By the way, if we if we filter out guys who haven't taken enough snaps, there's only two Dallas receivers. There are four Green Bay wide receivers, but whatever, we'll leave it at that. CD Lamb is the highest graded. He has an 86 receiving grade, 683 yards and six touchdowns in that span. No Packer comes near that. The highest receiving Packer is Jaden Reed with 296 compared to 683. It's not close. The most touchdowns. In fact, the most touchdowns is CeeDee Lamb. The second most touchdowns is Brandon Cooks for Dallas with four. And then Reed and Wicks have three each. However, Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb have played more. The most snaps taken by a Green Bay Packer in that span is actually Romeo Dobbs with 174. Brandon Cooks has 241. CeeDee Lamb has 262. So just raw stats... Not always the best way to go about it. So again, looking at the receiving grades, CeeDee Lamb is number one, 86. Right behind him at 85.4 is Bo Melton. Right behind him at 82.1 is Dontavian Wicks. Right behind him at 79.6 is Jaden Reed. We have three receivers that are not just good. I'm not talking 69.4 and a 70 and a 72. I'm talking 80, 82, and 85. Three guys in the 80s. And then Brandon Cooks, you got to fall all the way down to a 68. And then down from there is Romeo Dobbs at a 63. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with having a 63 guy. I don't even care. I'm a little sad that it's uh, it's it's Romeo because we all had such high hopes for him. And, and again, I still think he's a guy that's going to show up at times. I think all of these guys are going to have their big games or whatever. Romeo might have his game in this in, in this uh, playoff game. I hope he does. We know he's going to go off again. He just might not be that consistent, you know, potential low-end number one guy that we were kind of hoping he could be. But how freaking crazy is that? And then, what if we decide to sort by just overall grade, which takes everything into account, your drops, your blocking, all that stuff. You know who the number one receiver is? It's Bo Melton 
at an 88.3, scratching and clawing and sniffing at a 90 PFF grade. Behind him is CeeDee Lamb at 87, then Dentavian Wicks at 82.5, and then Jaden Reed at a 77.6. Freaking remarkable. And yes, I think it's real. It's a six-game sample size. This is how good they've been. And I think so many people, and again, I've mentioned this with PFF, they talk about, well, they're so up and down. And I, I genuinely think that's unfair. It paints a picture of, you know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're Listen, if, if that's the case, it all balances out. The good and the bad balance out. And what do you end up with? You end up with average. That's not what we have. Now, granted, if you look at these guys, look at Jaden Reed. He had a, a down game against the Giants. And that was Dontavian Wicks, one of his lowest graded games, which was a 65, which is not even bad. But Bo Melton wasn't even playing yet. So I think it's unfair to paint a picture of, you know, inconsistent where you got really high and then really low. There is no really low. Jordan Love's really low is average. And that's what he was, Tampa and the Giants. And a lot of our guys were that way. But the fact is, it was four out of six games where this team was elite, and then two games where it was average to below average. And this is just talking about the offense. Remember, the defense plays a factor in these things. Wins and losses and whatnot. So I just don't think inconsistent, because of course, every team is inconsistent. Every team has wins and losses, good games and bad games. But I'm, again, we're talking about four elite performances by this offense and two mediocre to subpar performances. Barely subpar. That doesn't balance out to average. I'm telling you what it balances out to, because we're looking at it right now. It balances out to elite. Borderline, at least. Jordan Love is elite. We have three, three wide receivers grading in the 80s. Should we talk about tight end? Let's talk about tight end. Let's talk about Tucker Craft versus Jake Ferguson. Almost a dead tie in reception percentage. Tucker Craft, 300 yards. Jake Ferguson, 340. Both have a touchdown. Tucker Craft's receiving grade, 77.3. Jake Ferguson, 74.6. Overall grade, which again includes everything. Tucker Craft, 74.4. Jake Ferguson, 69.1. Let's remove the the snap limits here for a second, okay? Now, this is putting Luke Musgrave out there. He didn't play a ton of snaps, but let's do it anyways. Let's just see how they stack up, all of them, because now there's three uh, Green Bay Packers tight ends and three, oh, Pat Mahomes is going, uh, Dallas Cowboys tight ends. You know what the rank is? Number one, Luke Musgrave. Number two, Tucker Craft. Number three, Jake Ferguson. Number four, Luke Schoonmaker. Number five, Ben Sims. Number six, Peyton Hendershot. Top two tight ends, Green Bay Packers, ahead of Jake Ferguson. Both of them. Both of them. Let's move on to running. Why not? Let's, let's just keep going. Running back. Who's got the better running backs? Highest rushing grade is Tony Pollard. He has a 90.5 rushing grade. Dude's pretty good, right? That's pretty fantastic. Aaron Jones, 89. 89 rushing grade. After that is A.J. Dillon with a 74, and then Rico Dowdle, whoever that is, with a 57 rushing grade. But what if, what if we just look at overall grade, that is receiving and blocking and all that other stuff? Aaron Jones, 88.6 is number one. Then Tony Pollard with an 80, then A.J. Dillon with a 75, followed by Rico with a 54 for whatever reason. Number one running back, Aaron Jones, with a solid running back in A.J. Dillon. Again, 74 rushing grade. You want to know why uh, Aaron Jones is so much higher? It's not even necessarily the receiving, although it is because Tony Pollard has a really bad receiving grade. Aaron Jones is average. It's the pass blocking. 75 pass blocking grade. Tony Pollard, 30.9. Tony Pollard is a terrible third down back. Offensive line. Final last thing. We know 
the Texans or the, uh, the the Dallas Cowboys are revered for their offensive line. Tyron Smith, left tackle, very, very good football player. He has a 70.9 PFF grade. Rashid Walker, second round, seventh round pick, 68.8, a 69 PFF grade. So essentially it's 71 to 69. Tyron Smith has a much better pass blocking grade. Rashid Walker is a better run blocker. Left guard, Elton Jenkins, 63. Tyler Smith, 61. Elton Jenkins is a better pass blocker. Tyler Smith, very marginally a better run blocker. At center, they got us. <laughs> Josh Myers has completely fallen off a friggin' cliff. Tyler Biotish, better. At right guard, Zach Martin, very good football player, right? He has a 65 PFF grade. John Runyon, 62. Not that far off. And then at right tackle, they have Terrence Steele with a 53 P- 54 PFF grade. Zach Tom, 71. Zach Tom has a 66 run blocking grade. Terrence Steele, 55. Zach Tom has a 70 pass blocking grade. Terrence Steele, 52. So I would say we have better tackles overall. The guards are basically a tie. Elton Jenkins is marginally better than Tyler Smith, and John Runyon is marginally better than Zach Tom. You don't have to believe that. If you don't want, that's fine. He is a better pass blocker, and they have a better center. So who has a better offensive line, would you say? The team with the better tackles or the team with the better center? We could call it a tie. That's fine. Offensive line is essentially a tie. Packers have a better quarterback, better wide receivers, better tight ends, pretty comparable running backs, but the Packers certainly have a better situation and a much more versatile Aaron Jones and comparable offensive lines. Let's take our final break when we come back. I want to look at the defense, and I want to look at it through a slightly different lens because I made a, a very distinct and strong case that our offense is better than their offense. When we come back, I want to look at defense, and I want you to tell me that their defense is significantly better than our defense. In other words, they're elite and we're trash. That's the case that I need somebody to make to me. We're going to look in the time, same time span. So I'm not just looking at how Dak did and picking when Dak started to kind of fall off and all that. I'm just going to leave it. Week 13 to week 18, last third of the season. Let's compare defenses. All right, so I'm, I'm even going to concede that they got a better defense. All right, but let's see how much better, okay? The uh, highest graded defensive lineman, we're talking interior defensive lineman in that stretch, 13 to 18, is TJ Slayton. The highest graded run defender is TJ Slayton. The highest graded pass rusher is Devontae Wyatt. The most pressures, Kenny Clark, followed by Devontae Wyatt. The most sacks, there are only 10 sacks accounted for, for the, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, there's eight defensive tackles, 10 sacks in that entire period. Four are Devontae Wyatt, four are Kenny Clark, and then one for Mozzie Smith and one for Carl Brooks. Nine of the 10 are Green Bay Packers. There are four defensive tackles. For the, for the Dallas Cowboys. And they account for one sack in six games. Devontae Wyatt has five more pressures than Osa Odigizua. And he's played 28 less snaps, 101 to 129. So I'm just going to go out and say, we have a better group of interior defensive linemen. All right? Edge rusher is where it gets tough. Because they have potentially the, 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 the best pass rush duo in the NFL. If you just look at their overall defensive grades, 91 for Micah Parsons, 91 for Demarcus Lawrence, and then you fall all the way down to 71 for Preston Smith. 
Demarcus Lawrence is primarily a run defender, but he's a very good pass rusher. 92 run defense grade. Micah Parsons, 93 pass rush grade, right? They're very, very good. But I'm not going to count out the Green Bay Packers entirely. If you look at total pressures, Micah Parsons has 32. He's a freak. Number two is Rashawn Gary. Number three, it's tied between Preston Smith and Demarcus Lawrence. Then let's look at sacks. Number one is a tie between Lucas Van Ness and Preston Smith. They each have four. Micah Parsons and Durant Armstrong have three. Dante Fowler, two. Uh, Kingsley Anikbare, Rashawn Gary, and Sam Williams each have one. But the two top sack guys are Van Ness and Preston Smith with eight. Forced fumbles, there's three total. One is Demarcus Lawrence. The other two are Preston Smith and Kingsley Anikbare. Do they have better edge rushers? Yes, they do. But we have guys that can be just as disruptive as they can. As far as getting to the quarterback, we got guys that can do it. And as far as run defense goes, Rashawn Gary has a 73 PFF grade as far as his run defense. Preston Smith is a 69. So they're not bad. Are they Dante Fowler and Demarcus Lawrence? No. Are they Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons? No. But you have elite compared to good. All right, let's look at the linebackers. Let's be honest. They're all kind of bad. The highest graded is uh, Marquise Bell with a 66 grade. The um, highest run defense grade, though, is Quay Walker, 68.5, followed by Isaiah McDuffie with a 62.4. Highest tackling grades, Isaiah McDuffie and Quay Walker. Highest pass rush grades, Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie, followed by Marquise Bell. Highest coverage grade is Marquise Bell, followed by Devondre Campbell, and then Isaiah McDuffie. If you look at pass rush, pressures, there are, let's see what the total is, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 pressures. Six of them are Quay Walker. Six pressures. The next highest is Damone Clark with three. And yes, their opportunities are similar. Quay Walker has 19, Damone Clark has 14. And then if you look at sacks, linebackers in this six-game stretch have accounted for four sacks. Three of them are Quay Walker. Do they have better linebackers? I don't think so. So we have better interior defensive linemen. It's close with linebackers, but I would probably take our group especially since our guys are playing below what they can do. Now, cornerback is going to depend largely on if Jair plays, but let's just assume he does for a second. Stephon Gilmore has a 72 PFF grade. Jair Alexander, a 69. That's very, very close. And if you look at just coverage grades, Jair is higher than Stephon Gilmore, 73 compared to 70. After that is Deron Bland with a 62, then it's Keyshawn Nixon, then Carrington, uh, then Corey Ballantyne, then Carrington Valentine, then Jordan Lewis, then Eric Stokes. So again, I don't know who's playing, but do they have better corners? I mean, if they do, it's, it's, it's not something that just stands out in a major way. Now, essentially, if Jair doesn't play, there's one good corner on the field, and it's Stephon Gilmore. If Jair plays, it's, it's perfectly even to me. Finally, safety. You would assume this would be a major win for Dallas, but not really. The highest graded is Donovan Wilson. He has a 75 grade. After that, Darnell Savage, 72. After that, Jonathan Owens with a 70. And then Malik Hooker, 68.7. I mean, that's that's like a perfect tie. Here's the thing, though. Coverage, number one is Darnell Savage with a 70. Jonathan Owens is number two with a 70. Then Wilson is 66 and Hooker is 63. Bottom line is they're better at run defense. Our guys are better at coverage. And, and the bottom line is, I mean, they, they, that doesn't even include J. Ron Curse, who's actually their number one safety. He has a 32 PFF grade, 32 coverage grade. 
He's the most targeted of the group. He's given up the most receptions by a ton. Jonathan Owens has given up eight receptions. J. Ron Curse has given up 14 receptions. Uh, Jonathan Owens is second most in yardage, given up at 85. J. Ron Curse has given up 165 yards. The only touchdown given up is J. Ron Curse. It's the only one. So, I mean, listen, if you're going to tell me that this entire game comes down to the fact that they have better edge rushers, okay, it's possible. They could completely wreck some stuff. That's true. But as far as I can tell, we have the quarterback, we have the receivers, we have the tight ends, the offensive line is a freaking wash, we have a better offensive play caller, yes, I said that, we have a better defensive line, we have better linebackers, as far as I'm concerned, we have better safeties, we, have, we, we are the better football team. Over the last six weeks, the Packers are the better football team, period. And if nothing, if you're going to tell me edge rusher is the most important thing that we need to focus on, I'm going to counter that and say, I don't know about that. I think maybe quarterback is. And again, all props in the world go to Dak Prescott for the year he's had. But this isn't week 10. He had his just massive breakout little situation there. He's not in that phase anymore. So I'll tell you what, screw Dallas. And I'll take it a step further. Screw San Francisco and Tampa and the Rams and the Lions, and anybody else that stands in our way on marching to exactly where we belong, which is in the Super Bowl. Because that's exactly where we belong. That's where the Packers belong. This is arguably the best offense in football with the number one quarterback. You're going to tell me they don't belong? Listen, I know they're young. I know that it's like, well, you know, they, they, they're going to have their time and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Fine. You know what? We said that about Buffalo, too. They still haven't done it. We said that about a lot of teams that have never gotten it done. And I think, you know, understandably, we spent a lot of time just expecting not to do anything in the playoffs, but just being happy to be here. And fine, fair enough. But here's the bottom line. We belong. They belong. The Packers belong. Jordan Love belongs. Matt LaFleur has been playing. He he deserves this. He's put in his time. He's put in his work. And this is his magnum opus. This is Brian Gutekunst's magnum opus. This is it. This is what they've been building for for years. This is what Matt has been working toward for years. All the work he's put in, all these years studying and grinding. This is what it led up to. Jordan Love, all the years of work that he's put in, it's for this. All the work that they put in on and off the field, it's for this. You did that and it's working. Congratulations. And that goes for the defense too. Joe Barry, Jair, Lucas Van Ness, who's coming along nice. Devontae Wyatt, who's one of the best, who's become one of the best interior pass rushers in the entire NFL. Yes, you're young. Yes, you're going to have a lot of swings at this thing. But you're better than the people across from you, so freaking beat them. Rashawn Gary, I didn't mention your name a lot. You've been quiet a little bit. It's time, my friend. Yeah, I'm pulling that card. It is time. It is time. I'm pulling the Kevin Green card right now, Rashawn. You know, and I love in that clip that gets... Um, forgotten about. He says, everybody looks up to Wood to be a leader. He is gone. Talking about Charles Woodson, who went out of this game. He says, it's time to step up and rally the troops. And that's when he says, it is time. It is time. He's talking about leadership. Rashawn Gary, it's time, man. Release the freaking beast, bro. I know, we all know how good you are, and I know it's been a little bit slow, and I know you're getting chipped every single play, and you're getting held every other play. It's time to just blow through that crap right now. And everybody else on that line, if he's getting double teamed, that's a one-on-one for you. You have to get home right now. But 
This is about leadership. It's time to step up. It's time to rally the troops. I don't give a damn what your DVOA is coming to this game. I don't care what you did weeks two, three, four, five, seven, nine, ten. We have more than enough talent to terrorize this freaking team. We have the talent to compete for a Super Bowl trophy. Offense and defense. Rashawn Gary, you are that dude. And you got freaking dudes playing next to you. Kenny is a dude. Wyatt is a dude. Lucas Van Ness is a dude that doesn't even know he's a dude yet. But the world's about to find out in hell. This would be a great time to show it. Brooks and Wooden sound like a country band. This is it, man. This is the show. It's time to go. It's time to put your name on the map. How many times, how many times have we heard people, they don't know your name. Listening to the, the clip earlier, they were talking, hey, those, those corners, be, are they talking trash or whatever? Who was it? I don't know. Jai was out. It was the, it was the other guys. 37 something. I don't know. Valentine and some other guy. I don't know. They don't know your name. Andy Reid. Jordan. Remember when he didn't know your name? Remember that? Lucas Van Ness. You think anybody knows your name? They haven't heard your name since the draft when they were praying that their team wouldn't draft you. Jair, half your own fan base wants you gone, bro. Strap up. Strap up. Quay and Devondre, heart and soul of the defense, the tone setters. Hasn't been the best, especially Devondre. You hit a slump. You had your rebound game last week. Everybody knows what you can do. You know what you can do. You've been around long enough. You know what this is about. You know how important this is. You guys set the tone. Handle business. Go to their house and handle business. Like you did to the Bears, like you did to the Lions. It's go time. Dallas isn't nothing but a step. Nothing but an obstacle. If you're worried about the NFC, you're worried about the wrong things. The real obstacle will be an AFC team. Dallas, the 49ers, and whatever sorry, pathetic team has the misfortune of making it far enough to play you in the NFC Championship game, they're just obstacles on your way to play Baltimore, on your way to play Kansas City, on your way to take your rightful place at the top of the NFL and show everybody that this isn't just a a, a cute little season. This isn't just a weird anomaly. This isn't some team that was just dragging Aaron Rodgers down for years. This is a team bursting with talent that's ready to explode. You got 60 minutes. Give them everything for 60 minutes. Leave everything on the field, and you're going to walk off there as champions. You're going to be moving on to the next round, and everybody is going to know your name. Once again, everybody, please, please, please check out the live stream today, Packernet Podcast on YouTube, Pack underscore Daddy on Twitter, Packernet Podcast on Facebook. Make sure you tune in. You can still watch the game on your TV. I'm not saying it's a replacement. You just have it up next to you. You can pop in for a comment here and there. Heck, you can you can drop a couple bucks and watch me slam a can of sparkling water if, you, if you're into that kind of thing. But we have a good time, and I can't do it without you guys being there with me. Let's help this team get their win. We're going to will it, man. We're going to will it to happen. Go, Pat, go. I'll see you for the game. <laughs>